0: This is the cry of the soul. The soul knows that God baptizes. The soul knows that it wants to be covered from the inside out and the outside in with the rain of the power of the Holy Spirit. That rain comes and it does exactly what it intended to do, and that's to give seed to the soil so that God could sow his word into our heart helps us understand the mind of Christ so that as he begins to speak, we will be able to obey. It gives us the power to do things we cannot do on our own. Father, we pray and ask today that we yield to the soul that cries out to let your spirit rain, let your water come, let the flood happen and encompass us with your grace. In Jesus' precious name that we pray everybody said amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. We want to welcome you here this morning in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and thank you so much for coming today. The summer is finding itself in the full, full swing and people are vacationing and traveling and I hope you Have some time to do those things as well. And we just thank you out of all the things that are going on today, you so choose to hang out with us. And so, but I I, I do want to first of all thank all of you who came last Sunday night at 6080's Drake. We were there at six o'clock at Drake Christian Road Church and just discovered more and more about the power of of God, the Holy Spirit, as we were coming in to listen and we were able to listen. And then listening, he began to speak to us personally. And then towards the end of that time, uh began to draw us together corporately. And I love the sound of that <laughs> little beautiful girl over there. And I like that freshness there. So, honey, you can shout all day. You won't be messing with us. And uh so it's just so good. And and so but I want to thank you for that. And and so what we've been doing here uh in the last several weeks is Uh, talking about something that I think is so precious to all of us, uh, to be empowered by something that we cannot be empowered by on our own, and and to to be moved by something that we cannot be moved by on our own strength, and we're talking about God, the Holy Spirit, and and we began to teach that at the tail end uh, of Matthew 28, because about five months ago, we wanted you to know that it is the Spirit of God that moves upon you to want to see what is called replacement value. I want to see that the spirit of God that is in you, that has moved you to understand that Jesus Christ is reliable. You want to be able to download that into somebody else. And only the spirit of God can do that. And also to the point that you want to be able to reach out to folk who are on a spiritual journey, who wants to know, uh, you know, whom they are and why they are here. And it's the power of God that does that. And so to today what we want to do is to continue that work. And so I just want you to enter into with us as we learn how to discover the reality of who he is. And I want to I I start out by uh, saying something to you after I read something. So let me read it. And I want to read Acts, the fifth chapter to you, and I want to read the first 11 verses. I want you to turn with me if you have your Bible there. Now, in this uh, first 11 verses, there are two verses that we're going to highlight today. And one of them is verse 3, and the other one is verse 4. And and I want to read it to you. We're going to come back and take a look at it. But I want to kind of set the mood for you. Because there are people in your life, especially if you are a married woman or a married man, that that, that you find yourself with on a regular basis. Uh, There's somebody maybe that you're dating as a man or a woman, and that person is very, very significant to you. And and as I lay out this illustration, I'm going to lay it out in that content. So let me read first so you'll understand where we're headed here. It says here in the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, it says, but a certain man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter saying, said, Ananias, and this is, this verse and the next verse is the content of the message today. Why have Satan filled your heart, watch this, to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the lamb? And in verse 4 he said, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Let's read on. And it says, and he heard these words. and Ananias fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. And the young man arose and covered him up, and after carrying him out, they buried him. Now, there elapsed an interval of about three hours, and his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter responded, to her. Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they shall carry you out as well. And she fell immediately at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. It seems that when you look at verse 4 and verse 5, Peter is making a statement to you and I, ladies and gentlemen. And the statement that he is making is that the Holy Spirit is deity and is to be respected as such. The Holy Spirit is deity and is to be respected as such. And last week I I gave you the example of my growing up and my experiences of growing up in a Pentecostal church uh, And my experience growing up in a charismatic church and my experience growing up in an evangelical church. And all of them had major, major significance in my life. And Peter is on the hill of saying to us that we as a people need to be careful that we don't take an aspect of the spirit and make an aspect of him more important than he is himself or to somehow demean some aspect of him and take away from the power of who he really is. And it's the Holy Spirit that causes you and I to want to take another person in their spiritual journey and somehow be uh, an example or somehow be something that the Holy Spirit can use by which to help that person to come and see that Jesus Christ is reliable at the same time. It's the Holy Spirit that wants me to take that same individual and raise them up in the maturity of God. It's not something that I do. It's not the work of man. It's the work of God. But when you begin to look at this particular scenario, you, you, you think about fear. You, 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 you think about the Holy Ghost just just zapping people. But let, let, let me say this to you. What, what the real story here? Is what you would call spiritual embezzlement to where we take him for granted. Or we use him for our own stuff. And we use him because he's he can influence. We use him because somehow he's going to make us better, but we don't use him for who he is. Now, if you want to catch the fullness of the story, you have to go back up in verse 32 in chapter 4, and look at this. It says, and the congregation of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. And what would happen if the Holy Spirit brought you here today to be one heart and one soul with the person right next to you to where we all got the same understanding, we all have the same mind and only the Holy Spirit can do that and he says and no one of them claimed anything belonging to him was his own but all things were coming property to them how would you like to go to your next door neighbor and to knock on the door and say hey would you sell your house for me they would say look we love you and all that you look good but we don't love you that much to do that But something happened in that place, in this kabuk, in this little community, in this cul-de-sac, where the Holy Spirit took over. It's not something that man did. It's something that the Spirit of God did. And it says, with great power, the apostles were giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them. Now, let me tell you about the beauty of grace. See, grace gives you something that you don't deserve. See, grace gives you an ability to do something you cannot do on your own. Grace gives you unmerited favor. Now, you think about you having to be responsible for a billion dollars. I mean, it took the power of the Holy Spirit for you not to slip a $100 bill in your pocket. It would take the understanding of the Holy Spirit Spirit, to make you to realize that that money is not your own. See, it takes the Holy Spirit to help you recognize that your body is not your own. What you own is not your own. And so these apostles were able to take all of these resources and see that it was not theirs, but it was there for the betterment of somebody else. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Are you with me, church? And so it wasn't about men. It wasn't about men coming together in some little community to say, lay, let's get together and have what is called socialism. It was the Holy Spirit that said this. It says, For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of the land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sale. It was the move of the Spirit. And laid them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each one as any may have need. And this guy by the name of Joseph, a Levite of Cyprus and birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means the son of encouragement who had owned a tract of land. Now, you listen to this. He owned it. That didn't mean that the bank had part ownership so that if he sold it, the little part that was left from the sale he gave. Now, this guy owned this outright. And guess what he did? He took all the money and he brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Seems seemed like to me that Ananias and Sapphira was trying to get some recognition. It seemed like to me that Ananias and Sapphira was trying to use the Holy Spirit for their own benefit. It seemed like to me Ananias and Sapphira was playing games with God. And something happened. Let me say this to you. The reason why I gave you the story last week about being raised in a Pentecostal church was because my idea of who he was, was came through that experience. And then later on to be raised up here in the city of Fort Collins, what a charismatic church where the gifts were moving. It seemed like I began to learn about him through that lens and then recently being raised up in the area of what you call evangelical word 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 seemed like I had a piece of who he was but I didn't know and I am guilty of this that he was more than that I didn't know that he was more than the manifestations, that he was more than the giftedness and I became guilty of seeing the Holy Spirit through an aspect of himself instead of seeing him as himself. Are you with me now? But let me lay this out in a real scenario. Megan Richter, who is Rick Richter's daughter, is our administrative assistant. And as we began to be moved by the Holy Spirit two weeks ago to begin to talk about him, that would encourage you about discipleship, that would encourage you about evangelism, After we read Matthew 28, and it says to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was talking about the fullness of who he was. So I asked Megan a question about how do you feel and how would you want to be looked at as a woman among men in this room? And there was four guys. Rick is on vacation, and it was four of us and Megan was there as the only young lady. And as she began to share. It made me think about my bride, Vicky, who I've been married to for 37 years, two weeks ago. And we can even add four more because we met each other and hung out with each other for four years before we got married. So I'm going to bump that up to 41 years. And Megan said some things that helped me understand how I was neglecting the deity of the spirit. How I was neglecting the deity of the of the Holy Spirit because I had no problem seeing God with deity. I had no problem seeing Jesus with deity, but the Holy Spirit was just this kind of thing running around that allowed me to have power to do something and God had to correct me, ladies and gentlemen. I stand corrected and I had to ask forgiveness. And so we asked Megan a question and I had to do that in preparing for this message. Now, let me share with you what she said. Now, you need to understand something. I'm thinking about my wife of 37 years when she said this. She said, first of all, I would want to be seen as equal with distinctions as a woman among men. And how would Vicky like it after 37 years if I only saw her as a sex machine? Now, she's very sexy, I understand that part, very beautiful woman. But that all I was wanting from her is those things that she could give to me, but did not respect her as a human being, as a person. And oftentimes, we do that to the Spirit. Oh, we want his gifts, we want his manifestation, we want his power, but we don't want him for who he is because he is equal to God. He is equal in deity, and yet he is distinct among the Godhead. Because then she said, because I asked her the other question, and to ignore this as a woman among men and to ignore these distinctions is a failure to recognize not only my individuality, therefore, my necessity. And if all we see from the Spirit of God is the power that he brings and the gifts that he brings, we begin to ignore his individuality and his necessity in order for us to live as powerful believers. Are you with me at all? That was just one. And so we asked Megan the second question. She says, not only that, she says, but I want you to address me with the same questions and the same expectations on the same level, with the same respect that you would ask any man in this room. And what would happen if I would do that to my beautiful bride is that when I asked her a question, I asked her with the same expectation, the same respect that I would ask a scholar Or even the person that's a disciple in me. And then to ignore that she would be that. And she wanted to be held to the same standard that I would hold my mentor as well. And do not reduce the contribution that she would have. And because if I did, I would count her less than. And we do that as the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray to God. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. But do we even acknowledge the Holy Spirit even in our prayers? Are you hearing me at all? Are you? And yet when I approach my wife, do I approach her with the same expectation that when I ask Rick Richter a question, like I would ask my own bride that question and have a, have a standard for her that she's going to answer me. With the same expectation that I would ask Rick Richter, would I do that to my wife? And I have done that to her before, which means I have done it to the Holy Spirit. And not giving him that same respect. And and, and, and then it was a third statement that she made, because I said, you explain this to us, because if we have done this to you, we are wrong. And the third thing that she says is that I want the validity and I want validation of my response. And not only do I want validity to my response, but I want my response to be validated in you. See, let me me say this, you know, let's just say all of a sudden you're shopping at Brother Walt, you know, Walt Walmart, that's what they call them. You know, I call it Wally World. And all of a sudden you're in line and you're getting ready to... (laughs) Get some food, check out, and the clerk is sitting there checking all the food out. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, say it. And you go,
1: what?
0: <laughs> wow, Mark. And see, you don't even know that the clerk has been asking God for an answer. And fear comes upon you because you don't want to be rejected. You have no problem being the fear of God. You have no problem knowing that Jesus Christ did those things. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks, and his word is not valid to you. And his response is not valid to you. And you worry about whether or not you're going to look like some strange person when God answers the, the cry of that clerk. And you worry about, oh, we in a line right now. I don't want to hold up everybody else. And you didn't even know that all those people behind you, God had spoke to them because they needed to hear it too. See, so when Megan said to me, I want my v- response validated. I, I'm saying when the spirit of God speaks to me, I invalidate his response because of my fear. Because of some portion of him that I want. Because if it doesn't come like this. If it ain't in a tongue. If it ain't moving in the gift. If I'm not walking around, hopping around like a whole mess of frogs, He's not speaking to me. And I wind up invalidating who he is. Because it don't come like the way I experience the church. Are you hearing me? At all. So Megan not only said. I want to be seen as an equal, knowing that my distinctions are different. And I want to be approached with the same respect as you would approach anybody else. I want to be on that same standard. And when I give you a response, I want you to validate it because I gave it to you. My lovely bride, I had to go home that day. And you can ask Vicky. She, she, she was at the first service. Then I sat down and looked her in her eye and said, I'm sorry. If I've ever not shown you equality in this marriage, I understand that we're equal and created in the eyes of God. I understand that our functions are different. Our roles are different. But for me to treat you like a second-class citizen is wrong because I was talking to her as if I was talking to the Holy Spirit. And then I said to her, when I ask you a question, understand that I do have an expectation that you're going to give me an answer. Just like as if I was talking to one of my pastors or the God is over me, the 90-year-old man. And when you respond, I don't just go, oh, yeah, that's my wife. (laughs) (laughs) But it's validated. And then the last thing she said that I said to her was this fourth thing that Megan said. Now, you got to understand, I'm listening to this in a staff meeting because I'm trying to get a hold of why I, as an individual, have not seen him as equal. I can say it, but to live it is another thing. See, I can say he's equal, but if he tells me something and i got to question it, And Ananias and Sapphira ran into the deity of God. And you look at anybody in Scripture who ran into the deity of God. Moses ran into the deity of God, and the brother had to take off his shoes. Paul ran into the deity of Jesus Christ, and God blinded him. Ananias and Sapphira didn't run into some gift. They didn't run into some manifestation. Man, they ran into the deity of Christ, the deity of God. The deity of the Holy Spirit. And the church today needs to run right smack dab into the deity of the Holy Spirit. And this last thing, here's what she said. She says, and I want you to be sensitive to my sensitivities. So I want you to be sensitive to what I'm sensitive to. And to ignore my sensitivity is to ignore all three of the things I just said. Wow. And and to pay attention to to the details and the distinctions that are cultivated by a true relationship. So when my bride is talking, man, I'm hanging on every word. Just like I hang on the beauty of her body. Just like I hang on to the beauty of her mind, I begin to hang on every word. Because when you're sitting there facing the deity of God, you got full attention. (laughs) Everything about you is at attention. And so, what happened here with Ananias? That's a virus. Is that the Holy Spirit had got the full attention of that community. And it was the Holy Spirit who said, sell everything that you've got. That was not man. That was not socialism. Because God had created a brand new society. And they were up under brand new management. And to somehow say to the rest of the world that you can manipulate this. Holy Spirit wasn't having it and, and so I just want to take you real quickly because we got about fifteen minutes left uh, I'm going to give five minutes to Alec here in just a second because you know what we're doing with the discipleship and the evangelism message but I, but, but, but but I want I, I want to read something to you and I want you to if you will turn with me to 2 Corinthians the 13th chapter. It is the last scripture in the book. Church, is it okay for me to pause and ask you the question? Is this making any sense to you today? Is 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 it making any sense to you? Are you willing to confess that you've disrespected him? Are you willing to confess that all you were Moved by was what he could give you. And if all of them moved by, is my wife's ability to satisfy my physical need and to be able to look at her as this beauty queen and not just some sex object and not see her as a person. And God showed me that this week had to go up and confess that to her. And I didn't know at the same time, I was confessing to the Holy Spirit that I had done the same thing to him. Would you be willing to admit that? Would you be willing to admit that you have used one aspect that even when you come into this room, you're looking for an aspect of him but not him? Shall I stand corrected. And so my search for the next several weeks is for his deity in my life. Uh, my search for the next several days is to fear him like I've never feared him before. Not phobia where I run. How are you going to run from the spirit? Where am I going to go? In Psalms 139, it says, man, if I go to the highest heights, he's there. If I go to the Lord's death, he's there. As far as the east from the west, he is, where am I going to go? Some of us have been spooked away by the way some people who say they know him have acted. And at the same time, some people don't choose to go because they—they—they—they—they just they, 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 it's called spiritual pride. But, 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 but here's another aspect. Here's another aspect of the Holy Spirit that you need to see. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. This whole letter, ladies and gentlemen, was written to the Corinthian church who questioned Paul's apostleship. As he begins to write back to them under the power of the Holy Spirit, he sets out some apostolic principles. And at the end, the church becomes unified. And in that unification, Paul closes his letter with what you would call a triadic farewell. The word triadic basically means three as a group, same in distinction, purpose, and function. All equal. And in verse 11, he says, finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. Then he says this. Now Watch this. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Be with you all. And at the end of the day, all the stuff the church went through and all the stuff that she had gone through, he was reminded her that she was still this temple of God. And he says three things in equality. He says this. He says, now I want you to understand something, church, is this, is that the grace of Jesus, y'all know Jesus in John 1:14 said the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the one and only begotten of God. And what did it say? Full of what? Grace and truth. Now that's powerful right there, coming from Christ himself. And then he says, the love of God. You can, you, how, how much do you have to read in 1 John 4 to find out that God is love? A man can't even think about having love in his life unless he understands where the love comes from. And God says, I am love. Okay. And then he says something potent about this third person. And he says, fellowship. See, the word fellowship is the Greek word kononia, which means it's the activity of the Holy Spirit. You and I can't even call Jesus Lord without the Holy Spirit. You and I can't even see God as God without the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that creates the activity for us to come from all different walks of life, for us to come from any shape, any size, any hairdo, any place, and come into one place in fellowship. It is by the activity and the work of God. The Holy Spirit. And He deserves to be honored and respected. And we need to quit picking parts of Him and making it the end. No more than you would pick a part of me. I like your preaching, but I don't like the way you look. Where well, you buy the shoe, you get the tongue ted. Get it all. And so I'm not talking down to you. I'm not talking at you. I'm not trying to beat you. I'm saying if you will be honest enough to admit that you've done this too, then you begin to know the person. See, Paul can write to the members of the Corinthian church as he does here because he has a firsthand experience of uh, operation from of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in their lives and through God to son as a mediator and savior they return to God the Father and the sending forth of the Holy Spirit in their hearts has enabled them to rejoice in this great spiritual reconciliation it is through watch this the grace of God in Christ that we have experienced the love of the Father and been brought into the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit which is the community of a brand new creation I'm going to have Alex come to the platform. He's going to share a few minutes with you, and then we're going to close it. But see, the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere, and we must approach him with that. We'll let Alex share with you
1: for a few minutes, and then we'll close it. 15 to 25 kilometers every other day with anywhere from 65 to 110 pounds of gear, depending on what weapon system you have, walking around waiting to get shot at. And a good buddy of mine named Tejano, looked like Tiger Woods, if you just kind of emaciated him a little bit, was on a patrol with me. And he stepped on a pressure plate for an IED. IED is an improvised explosive device, for those of you who don't know. in Taliban, what they were doing is they were paying the local populace to dig these in and trying to take out our patrols with them so they didn't have to get their hands dirty. The farmers didn't know how they worked exactly, so they'd dig them deep, and they were directional. They'd go straight up instead of up and out. Tahano walked away with a concussion from 50 pounds of homemade explosive that would have shredded an Albarmer Humvee. Just a concussion when he should have been pink mist. And I tell this story to a lot of people because <laughs> I wonder how many times we have to go through situations and circumstances that seem so good to be true and so lucky before we realize how... Perfect God's plan in is, and how powerful the inner working of the Holy Spirit is in our lives, and how His hand is upon us. Shouldn't the absolute certainty of our mortality lead us to exhaust every avenue we have to to prolong this life? And as believers who have the truth and have the understanding. Shouldn't we be seeking to do the will of the Father? We know full well from Scripture that this earth and this heaven are going to pass away. There's going to be a new one. What is he waiting for? The only thing we're here to do is to bring those souls to him, to win those souls for the Lord. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. Any other venture, if you think about it, is going to exhaust itself. Johnny talks about all the time how that dot in the speck of the corner is your lifespan in the spectrum of eternity We're looking to add an an unending peace to the lives of those of the people who are around us. See, that may be a little bit morbid to think about, somebody turning into pink mist in a war zone, but (laughs) the eventuality of your friends and family members and our our loved ones who don't know Jesus is infinitely worse than that. And this is not to come down on you guys, but this is to let you know that the the Spirit is doing something here. We have an opportunity to change this community and we've been granted by God this awesome model for, for sharing the gospel, the, the only message that we have in our lives that's, that's going to prolong itself. And we have a great model. You're, you hear it at the end of every sermon. John, John is going to share it with you today. Heaven is a free gift. It cannot be earned or deserved because of what the Bible teaches about man. Man is a sinner. cannot save himself because of what the Bible teaches about God. God is just and God is loving. This gives a problem, but God pr- solved this problem in the person of Jesus Christ who is both God and man, died and rose to pay and purchase a place for us in heaven and it's received through faith. True saving faith. Not just head knowledge the way I know George Washington existed in the past. Not just temporal faith the way I may come careening off of a, the edge of a road on a cliffside, and, and he may correct it for me and I just kind of go on about my life. True saving faith is trusting in him wholeheartedly. So we have to be open to what the Holy Spirit is going to do. When he says go, When the God of heaven and earth who wove you in your womb, every single one of us tells us go and gives us the Holy Spirit. Jesus says it is to your benefit that I leave you. Jesus Christ in the flesh telling us that it's to our benefit that the Holy Spirit comes instead of him being here. And you have that every day. It also says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your memory everything that Christ said while he was in his lifetime. We want to teach you that. We want to teach you what Christ said about salvation. All the other stuff, all the other doctrinal stuff, we can ask God when we get there. But let's just try to populate heaven. The
0: party at the park and met with Doug. It was beautiful. And, be, and it was because we had a relationship that we could talk about certain things. You know, and, and uh, it was just good. And, and so here's how we close this today for all of you. There's something of a stage of acquaintance that you would have with an individual. I've had to get reacquainted with him. I really have. I've had to read over again the things that I didn't read years ago and reading some stuff that I do know. And I found myself getting reacquainted with Vicki, a wife of 37 years. I mean reacquainted. And looking a lot deeper into this woman's eyes and to her soul and to her being. Looking forward to the next phase of getting casual with her. Having nothing to do with the physical things that we do or our kids or future grandkids. But just saying, when this woman walks in the room, man, I want to be aware of her presence. I want to be aware of what she's thinking and to casually jump into that thing and then to become close, close with her thoughts, close with what happened to her that day, eventually leading to intimacy. What I'm saying to you is that's what the Holy Spirit is asking each one of you are you willing to get reacquainted with me do you think you know who i am because you've been walking with me for 40 years no more than i think i know vicky because we've been hanging out for 37 there's more to this woman and there's more to god and my encouragement to you today is would you be willing to take a step with us to church My prayer has been asking God to baptize Jesus Christ Fellowship. Every soul that walks in here with his spirit. And if you would, would you come back and join others at 6 o'clock, 608 East Drake, where we're learning the part of casualness with God, acquaintance. Well, when the Holy Spirit begins to create an atmosphere, an atmosphere is there, and all of a sudden, maybe Lorraine hears something, and she writes it down and goes, man, I wonder, maybe that's just for me, or maybe it's for somebody else. I don't know. And then she has an opportunity to share that with the whole group, and all of a sudden, bam, somebody on the other side of the room goes, that's for me at the end, we come together and all of a sudden witness the Holy Spirit's cleansing in somebody's life. The Holy Spirit's deliverance in somebody's life. And then we see the gifts, and then we see the manifestation, but it's because they've had a personal relationship with him and with each other. That's what God has taken this church. But our job is to share that with the world. Your friends, your relatives, your associates, your neighbors. And not be afraid because something has consumed you. And it's called the love of Jesus and the grace of God. So we close. going to have the worship team come back up, getting ready to take up our offering. And I want to thank you for listening today. But I want to ask you, you willing to go on that journey with us, with me, because God is getting me out of my comfort zone all week with my son and my wife. We've had long discussions. The things in me that are not good, the things in me that's safe, and God is saying, I got to get you out of there, and it's in that uncomfortableness that he becomes my comforter. And I wish the same for you. Let's pray for our offering. Father, we thank you that we get an opportunity by the power of your spirit to give voluntarily. We thank you for it. And we ask that it becomes an act of worship in the fear of you, not phobia, but reverence. And that you would baptize us in this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, You heard Alec already say it. I trust that you'll get to the point where you're flying on a plane or you're in the line at Walmart or you're in the new mall or you just got relatives over for the 4th of July or people just come by to visit that you can ask them a question in a conversation. Okay, spiritually, how are you doing? And you ask them those two questions. And you'll be amazed at what their response is. And then you let them know how free heaven is. And it is not based upon performance. It's not. There's nothing that they can do to please God. And you let them know the fact that they are separated from God. All of us are. And you let them know that God is a loving God, but he's just too. He doesn't want to punish us, but he's got to punish our sin. And then you let him know about what happened on the cross when he took your record book of sin and mine and he paid it. And he buried it. rose from the dead and purchased a place for you in heaven. That comes out of you so easy and so fluently because of the power of the Spirit. And then you let him know it's just it's just something of faith. Trusting in that finished word and asking Christ alone to come and do his work. There's transformation. Getting their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That invitation is open to you right now today. If there's anybody in this room today saying, "Yeah, hey, you know, that's me. I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior because of the of the Holy Spirit because of the love of God. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and just stand. That's me. I want to come to Christ right now. Right now. Don't play with that.